Hey there, welcome to Pickled Parables. This podcast is presented by Parable Ministries as a Bible teaching resource. Thank you for joining us. Pickled Parables is a podcast about taking in and living out the Bible. Here we will study, contemplate, and testify to the Bible's incredible teachings and how it leads us to live better lives. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. We hope today's message finds you well. Hi guys, welcome back to Pickled Parables. Uh, this week, in in light of the Thanksgiving season, uh, I I really feel that um, kind of like how Christmas the Christmas season seems to extend for some people the very beginning to November to the very beginning of January. I I feel like the month of November has uh, a lot of reminders of thankfulness. Not just Thanksgiving, but um, as I reflect on Veterans Day and um, those who have fought to serve our country, we have much to be thankful for. And November is a good month for us to take time and and slow down and count our blessings. And so this week on, on Pickled, I wanted to share with you a, a brief view of Thanksgiving from the book of Colossians. And to start this off, I, I want to note, I'm incredibly bad at writing thank you cards in the handful of times in my life where I have needed to or should have written a thank you card and, and, and that I actually did it. That's the thing is I think so often uh, a thank you card would be more than appropriate and it's just, it's just easy to not. Um, I found the process of writing a thank you card pretty frustrating. Like, uh, and I remember when I graduated from high school, my mom made sure that I hand wrote a thank you card to every person who got me a gift or who attended my graduation party. So too, when I graduated college, I remember her reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, you need to write a thank you to these people. And, and when on and I got married, I was reminded again by my mom and my wife, uh, that, hey, we need to write thank you cards to these people. And each time, I was met with this strange feeling. I felt thankful to all these people, but for some reason, I felt this, I felt strange in expressing that thanks to them. Like, I was thankful, but I, I felt strange in expressing that thanks to so many friends and family. And so, as a result, I was met with this tension of feeling thankful, but also feeling pretty awkward about expressing that thanks. And it was not until later in life, um, when Anna and I had been married for a few years, and we began to be the recipients of thank you cards from from people in our lives, We'd attended weddings or, or gone to graduations. And when I got these thank you cards in the mail, it was nice. Like, I felt like what I had done had been appreciated, um, that it had meant something to the couple. And it was encouraging to know that our gift had been encouragement, that they had enjoyed it. Thankfulness in our culture is often viewed 
as a personal matter, and we ask, what are you thankful for? And pop psychology tells people that if a person is thankful and expresses it, it has positive implications for that person and the person that they are thanking. Like, the benefits are, are two ways. Almost 2,000 years before pop psychology seemed to figure this out, the Apostle Paul used and had a lot to say to a little church in Asia Minor along the Lycus River Valley. And this little church sits about 100 miles inland from the Mediterranean Sea and about 50 miles north of the Black Sea. The church at Colossa was a small pop-up. It was, it was likely the result of Paul's uh, time in Ephesus when a local, local kid named Epaphras had traveled to Ephesus, heard the gospel preached by Paul, and brought the good news back to his home in Colossae. Thus, the church there formed. While the church was growing, they were in need of two things. One, a reminder of the supremacy of Christ and in, in the face of much of the false teaching which had also reached them, and encouragement to keep growing. And so, Paul, writing from a jail cell in Rome, writes in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 3, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Paul is in prison, but he, he sort of begins his letter to the Colossians with a thank you note. But it's interesting, he's writing to this church and he, he's thanking them. But who is Paul thanking? He is writing to Colossae, but he is thanking God for them. And the thanks, and, and he thanks God in light of the faith he has heard the Colossians had and the love they have shown to fellow Christians. Paul is thankful to God for the faith and love of this little church. Now, while it would have been totally appropriate for Paul to have written to the Colossians and say, hey, I'm really thankful to you guys. I really appreciate it. And I think that there is that, that spirit in there where Paul is thankful to them. But Paul directs his thanks first to God. He, he directs his thanks first to God. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Paul thanks God for the faith and love of this little church. Imagine being this little church and, <laughs> and, you, and you hear that. How encouraging would that be? 
We are also told Paul wanted to instill in the Colossians the power and importance of giving thanks. Jumping down to verse 11, it says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. In a prayer that he includes in this letter to the Colossians, he prays that they will be strengthened with power, endure, and be patient with joy. Give thanks to God, who allows them to share in the inheritance of the gospel. Thankfulness and an attitude of thankfulness has a way of calling to remembrance the things which help us dwell on joy and strengthen us. When we take time to be thankful, we are focusing on the things that that God has done. I think we've all had someone in our lives tell us that we need to count our blessings. And often this reminder comes to us in times of grumbling or when we are dwelling on the negatives. You know, you, you get focused on the, the things that are wrong and the things that are, that are negative. And we often need that reminder. Hey, we need to count our blessings here. It's hard. When we're sick or facing hardship or, or struggling to make ends meet or grieving, it's difficult to take time to count our blessings. Sometimes it can truly be hard to be thankful. I'm not saying that the things in life, we should just ignore them and, and those things don't get in the way. They do. They absolutely do. But I believe, and I think the notion in the book of Colossians here. It is in those times of difficulty that we need to be thankful the most. Sometimes we have counted our blessings, named them one by one, and still we struggle to feel thankful. Remember, Paul is in prison when he writes this to the Colossians, and he chooses to make a practice of thankfulness. It's a choice. Friends, practice your thankfulness. And I believe that your dark times are perhaps going to be a little less dark in light of what God has done. In fact, thankfulness often produces worship and results in rejoicing in our lives. Verse 24, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church. Paul, motivated by an attitude of thanksgiving, rejoices that his suffering has been used to accomplish the spread of the gospel. Thankfulness helps us press on, keep working, and maintain our focus on what is important when things get tough. It could have been easy for Paul to have sat back and said, well, I'm in, I'm in jail. Woe is me. This is awful. I can't be with the church in Colossi uh, Colossa. I can't be with the people of Ephesus. 
I can't go visit the Philippian church. This is really difficult. But instead, he counts his blessings, he gives thanks, and he does what he can. Thankfulness helps us press on, keep working when things get tough. Paul here reminds the the Colossian church of their faith and their position in Jesus Christ and encourages them to keep abounding in thanksgiving. The idea is as we reflect on who we are in light of Christ and what Christ has done for us, we have much to be thankful for and that thanksgiving ought to drive us forward, not ignoring all the difficulties of life, but drive us forward despite the difficulties. As Paul moves into some of the warning sections of his letter, he is going to carry this idea of thankfulness forward. He discusses that walking in Jesus, established in faith and abounding, quite literally overflowing with thanksgiving, are mentioned as preparations for making sure you aren't taken captive by false teaching. In other words, as we live out our lives and we walk and we try to pursue the way of Jesus and live the way Jesus lived, and, and our minds are focused on the things that we, that we have been given and that we have been blessed with and we are giving thanks, these are going to be safeguards in our lives to keep us from being taken captive from false teaching and crazy ideas. I think false teaching thrives in an environment where there is discontent. When people seem to always want something new or always want to hear the next best thing, I think this is where false teaching thrives and and thankfulness has a way of squashing discontent. When you dwell on the things of God, spend time being thankful for what God has done, it is going to increase your ability to recognize when something is not of God. As we count our blessings one by one, we are going to become more and more able to identify a blessing from a blessing in disguise. Thankfulness familiarizes us with God's ways and his blessings. In Jesus, we have much to be thankful for. And as Paul transitions to encouraging them to live out their Christian lives, he gives them one more thing to pursue. Colossians 3, starting in verse 12, he says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, 
Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with another, forgiving one another, love, peace, and Paul says, be thankful. Let the word of God produce a thankfulness in you. As you reflect on your daily devotions, take time. Thank God for those scriptures. Thank God for how his spirit moves in you to understand those scriptures. And notice, Paul doesn't say, be thankful and then stop and then just like sip your coffee and do nothing. He says, allow your thankfulness to cause you to do what you do to God's glory. Thankfulness can cause you to work a dead-end job for years if it will only glorify God. Truthfully, in Jesus, we can bring glory to God in all we do as we give thanks. Paul endured prison to the glory of God as he gave thanks to God for the opportunities and the ways God was going to use his prison sentence. Thankfulness changes how we look at the mundane and difficult circumstances in our lives. And so, Paul moves to give one final instruction. And as you may have guessed, he's going to highlight thankfulness one more time. Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. He says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it in thanksgiving. Continue praying and be watchful in thanksgiving. When Chris Luckman shared on the show uh, earlier this year, he shared a a spiritual practice that he has of, of writing down his prayers and reviewing and going back to those prayers to just count his blessings and see how God has answered prayers. Paul tells the Colossians and us that we should be watchful in our prayers. In other words, this is the see what God has done part. As you pray, Watch to see how God turns prayers into opportunities to give him thanks. Return that thankfulness back to God in praise. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Thankfulness is a chance to turn answered and often unanswered prayers into praise to God. Paul, a prisoner motivated by thankfulness, wrote to a little church in Colossa to say, I'm thankful for all God has done in y'all. And now I want you to be motivated by thankfulness. Be thankful for what God has done for you and in you. And in so continue to do what God has for you to do. Be thankful. Allow thanksgiving to motivate you toward action. Friends, here in the States, 
And yes, we see you, our international listeners. Uh, we love you guys. But here in the States, we just celebrated American Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is supposed to be a time where we slow down, stop, and dwell on all we have and count our blessings. Literally, it, it comes at the time of the year that is just after the harvest, so that way we can reflect on the bounty that God has given us in the harvest. I'm not a farmer, I th- and, and I think the bulk of our society is not. And so I, I think in a time of year where your job or whatever you're going through, it doesn't have this big influx of blessing as a harvest in that time. It can seem almost arbitrary. Like we've thrown a dart to, to pick November as, as this time of Thanksgiving. But nonetheless, it is a time for us to slow down, count our blessings, name them one by one as we draw towards the end of the year. And I want to challenge you with something. I, I, don't always, I don't always do this. I want to challenge you with something as we enter this holiday season. Tell God what you are thankful for. Write it down. And tell the people in your life that you are thankful to them. Count your blessings. Let them be praises. And work in light of what you have to be thankful for. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusty Bible. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. Parable is a volunteer organization, and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.